Report. Everything's status quo, sir. Very well. If um, anyone needs me, I'll be in my ready room. Welcome to the Readier Room, the only and longest-running Star Trek Next Generation rewatch podcast. Every week, we're bringing you behind-the-scenes stories of Star Trek The Next Generation from the people who were behind those scenes every week of production. My name is Mitchell Mel, Chief Consultant of Services at Paramount, and with me is my life partner, Brandon Hobbs. Brandon, how are we doing today? Well, well, a hearty dabbo to you, Mitch. Hardy Davo. Davo. Hardy Davo. Davo! We were uh, just speaking off mic about Rashomon. Um, right. Not, not a small magical creature that you catch inside a, a capsule. No, although it does sound like that. Surprisingly. You would think it is. But uh, it's, it's instead a movie about samurai, I guess, right? Um, it's something like that. It's mostly just people sitting around wondering where it all went wrong. Kind of like the Great Depression. Yeah, yeah. All I know is that Star Wars is based on it. Now, I thought Star Wars was based on cereal. Cereal? Like adventure like, cereal. Oh, oh, not the breakfast food. Well, no, that's like, I don't know, it's always George Lucas. Oh, yeah, I used to eat all this adventure cereal. In my, adventure in my cereal. Youth. Yeah. <laughs> By General Mills. Yeah, right. <laughs> they must have discontinued that, like uh, like Oreo O's. Yeah, I, I wait. That's how it's pronounced. I always said Oreos. Oreos. Yeah. Maybe that's how they. I've 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 probably beaten this this to death, but uh, for the longest time, the only place you could get those was in Korea, South Korea. Right. I I always remember seeing the logo, and um, yeah, there's something about the Korean alphabet that is wild to me. It looks like alien language. It's this. It's the rounded nature of it. All those circles. It looks like, it looks like something you'd see in like signs or something. Mm. Or Seinfeld, even. Um, or Seinfeld. It's Seinfeldian. Right. True Seinfeldian language writing system. Seinfeldian serial. I used to import Oreo O's from South Korea. Just for the uh, thrill of it? Yeah, it made it a little more. I mean, Oreo O's are really good. I just but like. It made it a little more special. I just like receiving things in the mail. Yeah, that's 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 cool too. Uh, you, you have a few drinks, you do some online shopping, and you forget you bought any of it. And it's like you give little presents to yourself throughout the week. Then you make an unpacking video just for fun, you know, upload it mm-hmm. to the YouTube channel. You're like, oh, what do I got? It's my fourth shipment of Oreos. Right, right, right. And then then you make an unbirthing video. Right, or a rebirthing video. You know, depending on the order of these events. Right, right. It's a lot to, uh, it's a lot to take into account. But sadly, I am without Oreos today. I'll have, um, to, I'll have to just inject sugar straight into my veins for the, the same thrill. Yeah, the usual, the usual. That's the, that's why I got my diet coke. Yeah. Well, no, if you want synthetic sugar, it's you're you're having diet coke. If you wanted the 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 sexual thrill of of a sugar high. You would go for the real thing, or even new right Me- Mexican Coke. Yeah, yeah. Okay, gotta get it in that glass bottle. Okay, let me. I have to talk on this. I can't stand. There was a trend. I don't know, fifteen years ago, ten years ago, mm-hmm. where 
there every soda pop came out with oh made with real sugar oh it's coke made with real sugar and yeah right it was it was gross it was way too sweet <sighs> i don't think it tasted different at all oh it was discernibly different that's why i was disappointed it, like none of them tasted different to me uh, i thought they tasted different and worse it was a downgrade uh. I'd still rather be ingesting real sugar, I guess, if it came down to it. By the spoonful? Uh, I mean, yeah, if I must. Mm. It's, I, it's probably better for you, right? I mean... Sure. Yeah. I mean, you don't have the brown sludge that makes up the rest right. of the soda pop, but what I do in the morning is instead of cereal, I'll just get a bowl and pile sugar into it and then eat the <laughs> sugar as if it was cereal. Do, do you pour some milk into it? <laughs> the milk's on the side actually it's it's the equivalent of um skamen you know I'll, I'll dip my i'll get a spoonful of sugar dip it into the milk and then and then eat it what did you call it skamen 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 gamen gamen yes Oh, gay men. Yeah. Oh, gay men. Homosexuals. Oh. I see, I see. Right. But I, I thought I heard you wrong, so no. I made up a word. <laughs> have, have you ever Have you ever actually had a spoonful of sugar? Have I ever eaten a spoonful of sugar? No, but I have eaten sugar cubes, much like a horse would. Uh, do horses eat those? I yeah. Thought they, I thought they ate carrots. Well, horses eat a variety of things. I mean, they'll eat anything that's in front of them, but what you do is you put some sugar cubes on your palm and hold that in front of the horse and then the horse treats you like a friend for the time being and gently licks right. the sugar cube out of your hand besides they won't kick you for now mm. I've noticed I saw, uh, I saw a video recently of a uh, two um, uh, South, central South American probably Mexican guys trying to mate two horses and the female just kicks the male horse in the head and kills him I think I've heard of that. Like, now, instantly. Like a, like a whip. I've noticed that horses have a much more difficult time kicking things in front of them than behind them. Yeah, so yeah, yeah, exactly. So you gotta stay in front of them. Mm. Oh, if, if you ever come face to face with a horse. You're safe. Now, if you ever come mm. face to rear with a horse, then you're, then you're in yeah. trouble. Uh, you know, that you, you better not try anything funny, I guess is what we're saying. Now... I have a horse fact for you. Do you want to hear a horse fact? Yeah, sure. Give me a horse fact. So picture the leg of a horse. Are you picturing yeah. it? Now close your yeah. eyes and you can probably see the image of a leg of a horse. Now, mm -hmm. if you were to, to take that body part and describe an analog to it in the human body, what would you say is the, the human body analog of the horse? The horse's leg. Uh... Uh, a leg well that's what you would think right but it's not the leg um if you the closest analog in the human body is actually the the knuckle maybe the finger um because the horse's foot where you put the shoe is is its fingernail right okay that, and protruding out of that is the joint next to that is is the knuckle why do I feel like you're making this up? I'm not making this up. You can look. You're, it up. You are making this up. You're telling. You're telling me. You're telling me that a horse's leg is just a giant finger. Yes. That's not true. I encourage you to to look it up. I encourage everybody listening along at home to look it up. 
horse leg giant finger. Okay, I don't know if the article's going to be phrased that way. Like, oh, it's oh, a... This, okay, this says a horse's knees are the joint that corresponds to our wrists. Okay, that's... So the, the whole foot is like a giant finger. God damn it. Nailed it. <laughs> no, no, okay. It, 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 it says the foot, though, not the leg. So it's... Now, I, this sounds it like goes... cope to me. I think you're coping. No, no, no. It's not the whole leg. Cope. It's, it's just the foot. It's like It's like half the leg. That corresponds to the finger. Are you a horse scientist? No, I'm looking at a diagram, though, and they've color-coded it. Okay, okay. Well, I, I think, just like everything in life, there's some shades of gray here. Uh-huh. It's a Star Trek episode. Right. Um, the horse's giant finger. <laughs> Well, I could see that being an episode. Be sure to come back next week for more horse facts. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we're, we're horse guys. New segment. Now. Yeah. So this week's anyway. question of the week, by the way, comes from one Frank Oswald, who says, "Hello, admirals. I'm writing pro bono. <laughs> I'm writing pro bono." <laughs> <laughs> Uh, Alright, let me try it again, one more time. Hello, Admirals, I'm writing pro bono as... <laughs> <laughs> pro bono. As, oh. as, right. as legal consult, counsel, legal counsel, um, what you're doing is wrong and potentially illegal. As your counsel, I have to recommend you cease all activities at once. Please, please. No. Did we did we have legal counsel? I guess. I mean he's working he's Frank Oswald. Pro bono. Pro bono. <laughs> um, Frank Oswald. I I don't I, the name does not ring a bell. I have no idea what this is referring to. You know what you know what you know what Frank Oswald sounds like though? What does it sound like? He sounds like a short little uh little Italian guy with no hair, you know? Kind of rotund. Yeah. Uh a little belligerent. Well, doesn't really know when to stop shouting. I'll be fair. That sounds like the perfect lawyer. Like if I had to hire somebody. <laughs> but, well, that's true. I guess. I guess. I guess this Frank Oswald character is the perfect lawyer. Mm. Huh? What do you know? Well, well. Anyway, I guess. I guess. I guess the real. Uh, the real meat here is. Is uh, what are we doing? That's illegal. I don't. I assume this is directed to you. Um, I don't know if you're up to something. Outside of our time together, I didn't do anything. Yeah, what are you doing? Uh, uh, look, you go to a track, the mini horse track. It's not the most savory, but it's also not elite. You, wait, you've been racing pygmy horses again? I know we've talked about this, but you have to understand that I have Come a on. system. Come on. No, it, it doesn't matter. It doesn't... You know you're going to lose. Okay. I'll I'll run through this for the benefit of the listeners. Um, just to establish how much of a sure thing this is. So the thing about pygmy horses is that their height ranges from a... It's a very small gamut. Um, between two and a quarter to two and seven inches feet tall. And... 
depending on where they fall in that system, that's how you choose who the winner's going to be. Horses that are 2-5, two 2-5, two are statistically, and again, this is all statistics, much more likely to win, to come out ahead. And there's a lot of reasons for that. The condition of the track, the wind speed, the, the air resistance. I could, I could, and, and also, you know, there's, uh, there's only so small a midget can get exactly. Too. But, and this is, this is what I keep trying to get you to understand. Statistics are not, it's, it's probability. It's not, a, it's not a sure thing, right? It's. I mean, yeah, of course. You, sure. you have to. If it's an eighty percent chance to win, you got to be prepared for that 20 percent. And sometimes you run bad. And look. I know what the gambling commission said. I know what the expert veterinarian that they called in. There's nothing about fixing going on here. And it's in either sense of that word. Uh, they can still mate and, and, and breed. And I really don't appreciate random pro, <laughs> pro bono lawyers pro bono. <laughs> <laughs> writing in to insinuate that there's something wrong with this. Because there's not. It's just strategy. And statistics. Well, they made a movie about the 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 athletics guy in baseball, Moneyball. When 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 am I gonna get money pygmy horses? They they made a movie exactly about this called uh, Wee Biscuit. I remember that. That's what inspired me. Yeah, that yeah. Came, that came out like decades ago with that short Spider Man. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That little uh. Uh, Tommy Tugboat. Right. Toby Tugboat. Toby the Tugboat. What a spirited individual. Yeah. You ever see, uh, like, uh, the, what, what do you call him? Pa- paparazzi photos of him? Yeah, yeah. He's always. He, he always looks really angry. Hmm. I would be too, um, you know, at that height. <laughs> I think his real problem is he's always hanging out with Leo. And, uh,. Well, what's his sign? Yeah. What what sign do Leos not get along with? Yeah. All right. I move on now. <laughs> <laughs> if you have a question, uh, I, I don't know. I don't know. To, to, to answer your question, I'm not sure. I think it's cancer. Nobody gets along with cancer. Nobody gets along with cancer. Least of all dragons. Um, yeah. If if you have a question of the week <laughs> that you want us to answer on our question of the week segment that we do every week. Send us an email at thereadyroom at gmail.com, and that's with a capital T and two capital R's. Or you can tweet at us at thereadyroom, and if it's a good question, we'll answer it weekly. Mm-hmm. Anyway, did you know that this is a Star Trek podcast? Oh, yeah, that's right. This week. Sometimes I get it mixed up. Yeah, I get it confused with our sports betting podcast and our race realism podcast. Our knitting podcast, our knitting our film podcast, right? Life is a never-ending series of recording podcasts. Our hiking podcast, our food podcast, our box opening podcast. Well, the hiking podcast is fun because we record that live on the hike, right? Mm. Yeah, it's not really that much that much more work. No, no, it's a lot of grunting though. Yeah, which I guess is you know why people watch it mm. or listen to it. So this week, we watched A Matter of Trust. A Matter of Perspective. Right. Why did I write down A Matter of Trust? That's so strange. (laughs) (laughs) You want to tell me? 
<laughs> I'm just a big fan of Billy Joel. It's a matter of perspective. Because you see, the main conflict of the episode is about different perspectives, and also it starts with Picard painting. Right. Which is also a matter of perspective. Which is uh, what we call a metaphor in the biz. Mm-hmm. Even though it, it leads to nothing. Right. There's well, no wrap around there. I'll say it is hilarious in the moment. It's pretty, yeah, it's it's pretty funny. It's cute. I don't know. But uh, yeah, a matter of perspective. Uh, this this was an episode that got, I don't know, like it, it felt like half half of us loved it and half of us hated it. And 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 for different reasons, because there was, um, I think I think uh, one of the producers I can't remember who uh, loved the script but hated the actual final episode. Mm. Uh, the director found it incredibly difficult to work with. Uh, I remember Ira despised the episode, and a few writers did. Mm. Uh, but what what do you think? Um. Quite liked it. Yeah. I I thought the conceit of it was just very interesting. I liked the idea of it being um, somewhat of a mystery, somewhat of a procedural, but just the, the core of it being solving a crime. And yeah. I think that the, um, the use of technology with the holodeck is, I don't know, it's visually interesting, but also kind of unnecessary not that it shouldn't have been there but rather that you could tell this story in basically any setting that has detectives and police and such um Mm -hmm. yeah like you could do the same thing just with a a modern day courtroom and calling witnesses to the stand and such but it was a an inspired way to um inspired take on that so as somebody who just enjoys kind of you know mystery and crime stories i was really on board with it yeah, yeah, I agree. I'm I'm really into the the whole. I mean, I don't want to say it, but the the the, the Rashomon style hmm. of uh, you know, each each side tells their story, and you have to you have to pick out what you think is true in each interpretation, and none of them end up being objectively true, of course. So, yeah, and that, uh, that's it's fun. That's what's cool about it that you're wondering, you know, exactly what the true details are, but the way that the the thing is solved in the end doesn't really elucidate on, mo- on most of that, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So you're, you're kind of left to imagine what actually happened. Yeah. Um, I also kind of just enjoy the whole concept of, of Riker uh, sleeping with one too many women. Yeah. It's, <laughs> this, is, this is the Riker that we've always had in our mind. Yeah. This, yeah. Is, this is the Frakes we've always had in our mind. Which is kind of yeah, well, it's kind of funny because this episode really came in handy. It proved piv- priv- yeah, it proved pivotal. I can't speak in uh, Frakes' defense from similar allegations later on when he was filming Beyond Belief Factor Fiction. So oh yeah, that's right. It saved that's right. It saved his skin that day. That's 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 a it's serendipitous, isn't it? Um, but yeah, this 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 episode, I mean. A lot of what we see from Frakes in this episode, um, a lot of it was inspired just because Frakes was so, so difficult to direct. Oh yes, I mean you, you, you know we've we've talked about it. He's 
he was constantly getting distracted by some new fad or like obsession or woman or new cause f- or whatever. New right? fat. Yeah. And if new fat, uh, yes, which continued to be a problem as, as the series went on. Um, and so, you know, each director, like they, I don't think there was any director that really worked or felt that he worked well with them. And so we'd end up doing, you know, take after take after take of Frakes scenes. Right. So, the writers had this idea, and this this was kind of just like grafting this onto this episode that they had written. They had this idea of, uh, you know, let's let's write Riker as Frakes, right? But frame it as you know a retelling from someone else's perspective, right? Mm. And, and that way we can we can gauge the audience reaction, and and then maybe maybe retcon the character a little, make it a little simpler to direct Frakes. Just let him do what he wants, you know. Like the show is already getting kind of bigger and um you know people liked him so we, we wanted to see if maybe we could kind of let the leash off a little or they did at least didn't um, didn't come to that no it didn't come to that because yeah we like i said we were going to gauge audience reaction on this with the episode but by the by the time the episode uh was airing our, our audience reaction gauger uh, had broken down um there was something wrong with that i don't know what but it took a few weeks to get it fixed again by then it was like there was no detectable reaction anymore. So uh, that's kind of lost the time. We'll never know. We could have had a very different track if uh, if that proved popular. That, but, uh, that might be the direction we take it when it comes to producing Freaks. I'm sorry, Riker. Riker, yeah. Right, <laughs> right. right. The, the next venture after Picard. The one of course, we... once, once Patrick kicks it. Right, which we, we all, it can't come soon enough. Waiting for that to to show itself out. I really, really did enjoy the the uh, the asshole Riker stuff. It was very funny. It was um, him just you know clocking an old man. <laughs> um, very, very explicit use of the word rape in yes. this episode. I was not I was not expecting. That. I did not remember that, and I did not expect it. It was a different time, to be sure. A much sexier it certainly time. was. Yeah, yeah. Uh, he, he, Raker just walks into the middle of the hologram and says, I certainly didn't rape her. It sounded more like a guilty conscience than anything else. Yeah, yeah. You know? Now, how many times I mean, do you think Frakes has said that phrase over his life? Ooh, too many. Oh, yeah, we've, we've, been, uh, we've been an audience to that a few times. Right, right. Anytime we had to, you know, cast a, a female guest, guest star. <laughs> some 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 days he just show up on set and make an announcement, a preemptive announcement. <laughs> Apropos of nothing. Yeah. <laughs> well, I certainly didn't rape her, or her, or her. Good times, good times on on lot. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this episode right, so. starts with um, perhaps the funniest scene, aside from the one that we just quoted, where yeah. Uh, yeah, Picard's taking a painting class. Yes, with like three other people on the ship that have names but are never seen again. Right. Who do you and, remember their uh, names? No. Do you? Uh, it was Commander something and Ensign something. Ah, well, it's closer than me. Yeah, I didn't even know their ranks. And are those their ranks? Are you lying to me? I'm not lying. Why would I lie about this? Yeah, don't ask that question. I've 
I have asked that question more than any person in recorded history. <laughs> uh, more than any person in recorded recorded history, too. Hell yeah. So Picard is so, taking yeah. a, a writing, um, writing a painting class, and Data comes in and he's kind of deconstructing everybody's, uh, everybody's paintings, and yeah. he's quoting a lot of art movements and such, which is really astounding to me that the writers were able to to write that because there was no couldn't look it up on the internet at the time, so pe- <laughs> pe- people just actually had to know things, which is insane right. to me. Right, right, right. Well, that's the thing. I think it was. Uh... I think it was Ron who was really into this this art stuff at the time, um, and, and like really weird alternative stuff too. It, like data data mentions Dadaism, right, right, and which which is bizarre. Could, for those who don't know, Dadaism is basically it's it's about duality, right? It's about like at its core, it's basically um, there's a Dada and there's a baby, right? And 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 the baby asks for for cummies, right? And um, you you see that actually reflected in the in the painting. If you go back and, and rewatch the beginning of the episode, I think it's the 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 Asian the Asian lady, right, who's drawing it. Right, right, right. Her um, her painting is kind of divided between two thirds for the Dada and one third for the baby, and you can see the exchange going between those two those two component parts. Right, right. So. Um, yeah, I don't know. Just just an interesting little tidbit, I guess. But uh, it, we we did have very passionate uh, people uh, in the writers' room about this kind of stuff, uh, which I think, I mean, it it added us it added a certain layer to to Trek that other shows didn't have, um, and a lot of a lot of them still don't really. Um, do, do you remember? But, uh, do you remember the wrestling match that broke out in the writers' room over the the Monet Manet disagreement? It rings a bell. They, I mean, you know, they were passionate art guys in there, and just someone comes in and says some, I I think it was, they were insulting Starry Night, and chairs were thrown, wrestling mm-hmm. went down. But everybody came out a stronger friend than they entered. Yeah, yeah, well, that's not, yeah, yeah, I mean, I don't know. It's all, it's all French to me, really, you know? Right, 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 especially the croissants. Mm, especially. Yes. Uh, you're into croissants recently, aren't you? I'm into most things that could be classified as bread in some form. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's true. That's true. <laughs> Does um, God help you if you put anything on it. Did you know there's a deleted scene of I I I found this while looking up uh, this episode on Memory Alpha. I didn't actually know this. There's there's a scene of Picard uh, just splashing red paint all over his painting after Data leaves. I did not know that. <laughs> I I can't imagine why that would be cut. That's hilarious. I know, I know. That's like the the perfect cap to the to the scene. It uh, it releases all the tension. I'm not sure why they got rid of it in, in editing, but maybe for oh, timing because well. this is just such an action packed episode with. It's, it certainly can, is nothing that can be cut. <laughs> it certainly is. Um, so, so this this episode, like it, it actually starts out before we get to the painting. There's a little exposition, right, where they talk about how Riker and Geordi have gone to some space station overnight uh, right. to check on the development of. Uh, we don't leaves. even know what this thing does. It's it's 
it's Krieger waves. Krieger waves. It's supposed right, to be a power it was, source. It's it's named after our science consultant David Krieger. Right. Um, who was also yeah uh, George Costanza's boss on Seinfeld for a time. Right, Mr. Krieger. Mr. Krieger. Yeah, it's supposed to be a power source, uh, uh, potentially for weapons as well, Mm. uh, which the Federation is not seeking, but we later learn that other parties may be. Yeah, the scientist is kind of developing the weapons capabilities alongside of it. Yeah. Just to, you know, get some profit. Yeah, yeah, he's he's trying to trying to make that green. Yes, which we all are. We all have a side hustle. Right, right. Um. Yeah. So, so the episode really the the plot really opens up the 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 plot, the real plot opens up with them, the Enterprise going to collect Riker and and Jordy. Right, Jordy being on the planet and Riker being on the space station. Hmm. Jordy was on the planet? Well, he wasn't on the space station. Oh, yeah, I guess he wasn't. Huh. I mean, he couldn't be, right? So, so somehow that slipped my mind. <laughs> Would you think that he I, died? I thought, I thought, yeah, I don't know. I, I don't know why I thought Jordy went back first, but, like, Riker wasn't over there very much longer than he was. So. They, they say that he went to the planet with that guy's assistant for whatever reason. Right, right, right. Yeah, for, for, for whatever. Yeah, exactly. For, for plot convenience. Now, do you think it's strange that a whole space station is manned by three people? Yeah, I didn't think of that. Uh, but uh, that that is really stupid. But, I mean, we're no stranger to that in Star Trek. We have uh, an entire starship where the five most important people consistently put themselves into, into danger. Everyone but Troy. Everyone but Troy. Although, although I'm sure Marina really wanted to. Um, yeah, uh, the interesting fact about the space station model, it's reused from, from the, the original series movies, actually. Oh, that's, that's great trivia. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, and it'll also be reused several times in DS9. Is that the titular DS9? No. No, it's too small. How big do you think DS9 really was as a model? Probably way bigger than that. No, it was like, I don't know, eight inches across? No, no, it wasn't. I remember holding it in my hand, and I kept making jokes about holding the whole world in my hand. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the whole world, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I, th- I think you might have been holding a miniature, Mitch. Okay, get this. Pop quiz. What, what planet is Deep Space Nine orbiting? Vulcan. Uh, the correct answer was Bajor. Bajor. Now, okay. Did now, they ever go down to the planet? Oh, plenty of times. Now, here's another uh, question. What TNG character hails from Bajor? Ro? Yeah, that's right. Wow. Oof. I'm shocked that you remember her. Yeah. How, how could I forget? That... Yeah, we have, we have stories. Oh yeah, oh yeah. But anyway, coming back to TNG in this episode, um, Riker comes back from the space station and then it blows up. 
Yeah, the, yeah, then it blows up. Uh, and, and he barely makes it out alive. He starts, like, flickering and stuff. And you're like, oh, is Riker going to make it? Is he going to die in the first three minutes of the episode? Is this know. finally the episode where they kill off Riker? No. Has Riker's had enough? No, no, not, unfortunately. No. no. It's not a Yar yes, situation. No. Besides, Riker, <laughs> we established this, Riker can never die in a situation that did not rhyme with his name. Right, right, right. Yes, that's that's very true. He would have to be killed by by some kind of rogue piker, in in a yeah. in an armed conflict, <laughs> or a space biker. Right, a space biker. This is true. Um, <laughs> a hiker. Yeah, or um, a fine Jewish man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. That's that's very true. Or yeah, or an open miker. Yeah, go to the holodeck and, <laughs> or by um, what is it, Jonathan Riker? <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> or by by a yiker, someone who says yikes all the time on Twitter. Yes, wow. There's there's just so much here. You could you could really kill off Riker with so many different things. Um, a horde of lesbians, even. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh man! Well, well, we got something to think about for the for the new show, right? It's every episode is is Riker dodging one of these um, mortal threats. <laughs> at the at the beginning, it's Q telling him he can only die to things that rhyme with his last name. <laughs> oh God! Very yeah. Interested. So, uh, so we get um we get okay we 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 have this guy called Crag. Yes. No, yes. The inspector, constable, detective. Yeah, from 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 the planet um who get this is is played by Craig Nelson. Wow, do you think that's a coincidence? <laughs> It'd be a pretty stupid one. Um speaking of things we're no stranger to. Yeah, right. Yeah, so he he wants to he wants to detain Riker and put him on trial on the planet, which has a really stupid justice system. How so? It's basically the opposite of our justice system. I don't think that. And by the way, this this idea resurfaces in DS Nine, um, as all things do. I don't think the idea of a guilty until proven innocent uh, justice system is inherently dumb. Oh come on! What? It's stupid. So let me go into this DS9 connection. Um, on DS9, they, they expand upon the justice system of Cardassia, the Cardassians. And, oh, like Kim? Yeah, Chloe. All, all the whole gang. Mm. And they need they need to be put to justice. Yes. So on that planet, they have the guilty until proven innocent, and basically, the assumption is that the the justice system is um infallible and the the trials are just kind of a pretense with the goal of using the you know the the indictment and the execution of criminals as motivation for the public against wrongdoings which seems like a logical thing obviously very inhumane but that's that's what that society is purported to be and to me, it makes sense that a justice system, and this is going to sound ridiculous, 
would would be built without justice being its it's okay all right all right well yes i i I, that's that's not that's not necessarily what i meant when i said it's stupid of course it makes logical sense for a society that you want to control but Well, well okay if that's the case then why is it why is it stupid just because it's it, it the way it's portrayed in this episode is the it's it's explicitly made the exact opposite of of the american justice system mm. well I, that's that's with the the narrative need to to prove riker's innocence it's a lot more exciting for our heroes to have to prove his innocence than for uh oh no 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 yeah sure prove his innocence by all means but i'm just saying the way they the way they set it up the way they they um they the way the exposition works on this the dialogue hmm. i thought it, i thought it was silly that's all i suppose um it, i think there is an exchange where picard says uh well in our uh justice yeah, yeah. system in our society yeah it's innocent until proven guilty and then crack says well we're <laughs> guilty until proven innocent <laughs> right right it's just like oh okay come on you don't you don't actually say that like innocent until proven guilty is is very uh I don't know. I would consider it very um, contemporary, very American, mm. right? I don't know if I don't know if that was ever really used uh, as as such a set phrase as uh, as as before. You know, its appearance in Western society like a few hundred years ago. Right. It's not an inalienable truth to yeah to sapience. Right. Yeah. You you don't you don't go to an alien and say innocent until proven guilty, and and they understand all the baggage that comes with that. Right. So yeah, that's that's why that bothered me. But whatever, I, I guess I'm just retarded. That is the point I was making. <laughs> um, yeah. So, so um, Craig's conceit is that Riker killed uh, Doctor Apgar, right? And he has good reason and, to think uh, so. Yeah, yeah, because he yeah he, he he teleported off there the second before it exploded. Um, quick note about Dr. Apgar. Actually, we haven't talked about Dr. Apgar. No, he's too old to uh, talk about. Dr. Nell Apgar, uh, played by Mark Margolis. Uh, they, uh, his, his brother was in, uh, uh, Enterprise, I think? His younger brother? Maybe, yeah. maybe a different one. I can't remember. The other Margolis, but, um, just a quick, quick aside, um, the way uh, have we talked about this the the way we make alien names up no i think uh i think it's time yeah so um this wasn't you know across the board entirely the case every time but it was pretty common that we would source alien names from anagrams that the writers would make from from the winning words of our weekly scrabble tournaments right which were very um, intense i might add they were they were big and they were in t- it was almost everyone in the crew um, and and you know you would you would kind of sit at a table and play play a game uh, with four people, and th- there would be like four, five, six groups of four, and eventually you know it it would it would come down to like a final one. It would take hours. It was usually an entire day. Mm. Um, a lot of screaming. Yeah, yeah. Um, so in, in this in this case, we we derived Doctor Nell Apgar from the word arranged. It's just a good word. Uh, it's a yeah. seven-letter word. Yeah. Maybe. Uh, and and you'll remember this, that, that Dave used that word to, to win off 
two triple letter tiles. Ridiculous. Which was a, a huge, huge upset. I'll give Dave credit. That's a word that he could conceivably know. Um, he wasn't, uh, you know, sneaking off to the bathroom with a dictionary. Right, right, right. It's not like he played City Word or something like that. Yeah, which is just ridiculous. Just insane. It's it's baffling how someone would think that like it's okay to play that, mm. but. Um, Either way, I mean that that win was a huge upset. He was he was not even close to to the 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 pick for the winner at the time. So, um, but anyway, I I digress. Um, the one interesting thing here is that because of the letters that were available, we we had to make the character a doctor, mm. right? So that um, that actually did end up pretty heavily influencing the the plot of the episode we uh, we needed a doctor so we put him on a research station right it's uh, and, uh, kind of developed from there it was a big uh, far cry from the original concept of a grocer that we had right which, right right which i don't know why we chose that it was going to be very very difficult to make a compelling plot with that occupation but you know well it was new ground i mean i think we were looking for something fresh we were kind of riding this high at the time hmm. uh which we you know we continue to ride but there, there were certain people who wanted to do something different, and for good reason. So, but yeah, unfortunately, that never ended up happening. No. Oh well. But I'll say this: it was always a badge of honor when your Scrabble word became a character of the week. Yeah, yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, I've kind of forgotten what my wins even were. But oh, I don't think I'm you sure, ever I'm won. Sure we'll... That's not true. You win Scrabble? No, that's not true. Hey, listen, I distinctly remember a few games where you you absolutely just completely flubbed it. Uh, yeah, and the, the ones yeah. where I pissed and shitted myself afterwards. <laughs> well, all... yeah, I, I can't imagine you would piss and shit yourself in celebration, but that, that could be. All I know is that one of our new Patreon tiers has Scrabble Nights with the Patreons. So it's true. If you're gonna tell any lies about your Scrabble prowess, they'll all come out. Well, also you forgot to mention that the the end goal of this is that we're going to try. I can't guarantee it, but we're gonna try to get one of the winning words in either a Picard season three or a Riker season one. Right. Uh, hopefully, as as an alien species, but if not, at least a character. Hmm. Like um, yeah, maybe both though. Like Riker's black adopted son, his name. Right, right, right. Billiam G. Riker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, okay, all right. Um. So Apgar is very, very. Um, I don't know. By the book, I suppose he seems. He seems like it. Just yeah, he's like a just a detective, which is fine. But I, what I really like—no, no, no, no. You know, you're talking about Crag. Yes, Crag. I am talking about Crag because that's where we're at. Crag is there, mm-hmm. and what I like is um, Picard's. Uh, I don't know cognizance of the situation, where he's like, "I can't, I can't have a private meeting with Riker because it's gonna, it's gonna look bad. It's gonna impact my impartiality." 
Right. Um, right. No, this is very logical and it's it's better. It's very in character. Yeah. yeah. And then you got Troy coming along like, oh, it's okay, we'll we'll right. we'll see. Yeah. I, I know I know you had sex with that, that alien, but it's okay. It's okay. Which I, I guess is Troy's role in basically every Riker episode nowadays. It's getting cucked. Yeah. It it's it's a it's a Riker has sex with an alien girl and then and then Troy hugs him. Picks up the pieces. <laughs> yeah, yeah, pretty much. Pretty much. Riker is to kill his girlfriend or something. I don't know. Um Yeah, so the uh, uh Craig is adamant that, that Riker be taken down to the planet and put on trial, but Picard's like, no, we're gonna do it on the Enterprise and we're gonna use the hollow deck and whatever. Real quick, in the ready room, first of all, fish watch, there's no fish. No fish. Second of all, um where was I? Okay, so mm. uh we did fish watch. What was on what was on Patrick's lip? Yeah, I don't I don't know. I think it could have been coleslaw. Could have been coleslaw. Our famous coleslaw. Could have been could have been herpes. Don't don't spread rumors unnecessarily. Oh yeah, no, we don't do that. We don't do that here. Sorry. I I almost uh, went to look this up. I'm there now, but I realize I don't feel like scrubbing through the episode, so I'm just done. Yeah, no, it's 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 noticeable. It's subtle enough, but noticeable that there's something wrong with his lip. Is it off-putting? It's off-putting. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, well, I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's off-putting on his lip, but it is off-putting. Right. It could be on pudding. Oh, let me ask you something. Have you ever heard of giga pudding? Uh, yeah, yeah, actually, it does ring a bell. All right. Well, I don't really have much to say about it, but I just wanted to ask. It exists. Yeah. Okay, it's a classic. It's a classic. Uh, so, um, yeah, we're we're okay. So yeah, we're using the holodeck, so right? Which they come the to idea... that that idea very quickly. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, kind of an unprecedented use of the hollow deck. Although at that point, um, it seems like that should be how all crimes are investigated, or, or how tr- trials. A very good are point. Done. Yeah, and the Federation should install hollow decks in their courtrooms uh, if they haven't already. I don't. I, would, I don't know if we ever see a Federation courtroom. Do people still commit crimes these days? Yeah, I don't know. It's a post—it's a post-scarcity society. So now they're just doing it for the love of the game. <laughs> you know, it's it, it, uh, certain segments of the population only commit crimes because they're poor, uh, and 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 there's no other reason. Right. Right. Well, well, I mean, it's their nature, I think. Right. Well, no, no. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves. You've never heard of the it's, criminal it's, gene? It's only because they're poor. There's no other reason. So, yeah, so the idea is that uh, Riker and the witnesses and even Craig himself are are, are going to program these little scenarios into the, the holodeck about what happened. Somehow they have the schematics of the entire space station and know exactly what it looked like, but with, I guess it is the future, so. With only a 7.8% margin of error. Is that, is that what they said? That's what they said. Well, I'm glad you wrote that down. I, I believe um, they refer to it as a marginal margin of error. A marginal margin? 
<laughs> yeah, so so that's basically the rest of the episode. Yeah. Have you thought is, about oh, I'm sorry to cut you off, but have you thought about yeah. the uh logistics of them programming these scenarios in where you know everyone's trying to remember every single thing everybody said? Um mm-hmm. Riker's just sitting there alone in a room talking to the computer. He's like, okay, computer. And then she complimented my my rippling abs and came on to me. <laughs> right. right. I, I can imagine Riker uh, struggling very hard to make it seem like he didn't do anything. <laughs> right? Yeah. Well, it's you- like, oh, I have to make sure I say this here. You get the, which is you get that sense uh, from watching his accounts of things. Yeah, you definitely get that impression because he doesn't act like Riker would at all. Who you know, Riker would absolutely be trying to fuck this woman. Right. Uh, not not to the point of raping her, but at least I don't think so. Um, but yeah. So so what we essentially end up with is basically, I mean, all the sets I think are redressed. We we it's it's another bottle episode. Yeah. It's very uh, a lot of time spent in the same room. I kind of admire the small scale of it, which is all due to its origin as a stage play. Yeah, um, which was a cool idea, I think. But both Patrick and Frakes kept insisting it was too gay. They kept saying right. it, so we just adapted it for television. Yeah, and I'm not sure if that decreased the homosexuality of it. I think it increased it. I mean, the TV is typically the most homosexual appliance in most homes. Right, right. That and, and the cucumber. You know what they say. Everything looks 20% gayer on TV. That's right. That's right. Especially so. especially Starfleet uniforms. Yeah, I'm sure. I'm sure. They weren't too happy about that, but I haven't heard anything about that. It'll all come out so, eventually uh... of the closet. <laughs> so first we get to see Riker's account, right? which is very much a, a the the okay the threads that connect them all are that Riker shows up Starfleet shows up too early yep. for this guy this guy has been asking for ridiculous amounts of unobtainium or something <laughs> Dil- um, not dilithium di dianium dihydrosinicanthal crystal meth um, Riker and this guy's wife clearly have several moments alone. Yes. Um, and she shows Riker to his quarters where a confrontation happens. Somebody, right, somebody right, comes right. on to somebody and then the, 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 the woman's Apgar. husband comes in, Apgar. Yeah, Dr. Apgar comes in and uh, either gets his ass kicked or punches Riker in the stomach. Um, and then it's basically the issue of well after after that point it, it starts to become like okay how how does this get resolved so the first thing we see is Riker's account which is very uh very clean yeah too clean uh, right it's too clean it's obviously too clean nothing really happens and you just you, you see him go through like a normal a very routine inspection of this place. Uh, the guy gets mad, and it's it's clearly a misunderstanding. And uh, then Riker goes home. Riker, which, you Ra- know, obviously that's not what happened. Riker's also six inches taller in this version of events for some reason. This is very strange. 
Is he? <laughs> That's right. That's right. Yeah. Uh, bigger Riker. Right. Um, but I do enjoy his interpretation of events. Oh, I just beamed it's, off it's the funny. station and then it blew up. It's very funny. It's 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 subtly subtly funny, really. And uh, it probably goes underappreciated. My the mystery I most want to clear up from this is who instigated Riker staying on the space station? Was he did he overstep his bounds as a guest and insist on staying, <laughs> or did or did they invite him? That was the real crime. Uh, <laughs> I would be inclined to to say that uh, that Manua Manua. It's that sounds that sounds like a like a someone from Boston pronouncing a manure. Manua Manua. My name's Manua. <laughs> Get used to it. Yeah, I, I would I would vote that uh, that Manua is probably the one who who instigated it, but. We see her side of the story after, right? Yeah. And or or do we see Crags? No, Crags. It, it goes Riker, Manua, the assistant, and then Crags. No, no, Crags comes before the assistant, I think. Maybe. Oh, where it shows the the phaser shot. Yeah, Crags hypothetical. Yeah, hypothetical Crag one, which is a common phrase that was first coined in this episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It actually did. It uh, it it had legs. Right. I think that one band used it for their name. I mean, obviously the, mm -hmm. the name of the band, hypothetical crack one. They, they still play the cons, right? I've seen them around. Yeah. Obviously not. You know, in in this this new normal, this very trying time. No, I've, I've only heard them around in this uh, these challenging times for all of us. Um, but me and their third chair synthesizer player are pretty good friends. He's a nice guy. How's that right? Yeah. I didn't even know that. Well, oh. yeah, we meet at the cons, and, you know, I'm like, oh, what's it oh, like? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. What's it like being the third synthesizer in a in a band of eight synthesizers? And he's like, oh, that's pretty, right. it's pretty neat, you know? It's, <laughs> it's no second synthesizer, but it's cool. Hey, you got to take what you can get, you know? Right. Writers can't be choosers. And if, if you want to play track music, you know? Yeah. You have about uh, six bands you can you can join, so... Uh, each each band is comprised of approximately fifteen members. He's the one that plays the the engage sample on their hit song Engage. Mm -hmm. Okay, okay. I I do seem to recall that one. Yeah. So it's it's a big responsibility. But yeah, they're doing all these different simulations. Um, everybody's versions of events. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So so we see we see Manua, Manua. Mm -hmm. And uh, Manua. her whole thing is that basically Riker just raped her. Right. In no uh, uncertain terms. I do have to note that, uh, let, let me let me pull the quote up. It was Michael Piller that said, um, I was very, very happy with the script and I thought the show was disappointing. I guess it didn't translate properly. It was very ambitious, but the casting was off. If you had put Lana Turner in the role of the woman in that show, you would have understood it all. <laughs> but I don't think it played as it was intended. What do you mean by this? Which, I mean, this is only to lead into my little anecdote here, which is that several people were frustrated with the casting of this episode, especially of uh, Gina Hecht. Hecht? 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 
Am I getting that? I, I could never pronounce it. Hedged. Gina, anyway. Hmm. Is that um, her name? Gina, I, anyway? Gina, Gina, <laughs> Gina, whatever. Because um, I, I remember, I remember Doug Drexler, uh, for those who don't know, and this is completely understating his abilities in pretty much every other field. Uh, he was, he was basically our makeup guy. He stormed in one day, uh, pretty early, I think it was in pre-production even, um, and demanded to speak with, I don't know, one of the producers. I think it was like, it was either Rick or Mike, obviously. Um, and the issue was that he had developed this very distinct look for the Tanugans, right? Which, uh, obviously you can see in this episode, it's, it's very harsh and angular with, with these prosthetics and stuff. Hmm. And no one had told him, uh, and apparently, I mean, this was a systemic problem. No one told him before he finalized that design that he was going to have to, to use it to make Gina look, you know, even remotely attractive, which was an impossible uh, ask. Yeah. Uh, although he, he made her look a little bit more attractive than she usually does. Uh, somehow miraculously. Um, real quick, interesting tidbit about Doug. He is actually the, uh, the half brother of, um, the glide. Wow. Did you know that? I did not know that. Yeah. The Glide being, you know, everyone's ha- household name. Clyde yeah. the Glide. Clyde Drexler. the Glide Drexler. Right. Yeah. 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 He got he he got me uh he got me tickets once to the uh the, 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 the Trailblazers and the, the Lakers. Right. Those were court adjacent, right? Like in the general vicinity of the court. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it was it was it was fucking awesome. Yeah. I remember once I he got me um a small television to watch the games on. A small television? Yeah, like one of those portable ones one you bring mini ones? while you're camping. Yeah. With the, the radio antenna. Yeah, those those were black and white back then, weren't they? Right. Yeah. Not unlike the athletes. That's <laughs> Uh, exactly like they are today. Exactly. Obviously, leaning more towards uh, you know one than the other. But well, you know, you got your Yao Ming's people who are so large that their body implodes on itself. <laughs> Chinese people do love basketball. They do. They do. I always found that funny. Just as a kind of cosmic, uh, ironic humor. <laughs> Irony, yeah. <laughs> the shortest people in the world, and they they love basketball. What sport oh, do you think pygmies play? <laughs> Polo? I don't know. <laughs> Imagine them like having to wield those gigantic mallets. <laughs> they, they can't manufacture them any smaller. <laughs> <laughs> These are the shortest mallets we got. Take it or leave it. <laughs> they can't even reach the ground. <laughs> they play croquet and just push the balls through. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god! Yes, yes. Oh, I love it. I, I, actually, imagining pygmies playing any sport is really funny. <laughs> just imagine them getting squished by a volleyball. <laughs> oh lord. This is bordering on, like, fetish territory. <laughs> yeah, unfortunately. That's what the internet's done, but but it's hilarious. Um, yeah, so so in, in 
Manua's uh, retelling of, of this this story, uh, Riker, she shows Riker to his room after he insists that he stay on the space station and has spent the past 10 minutes uh, staring at her at every possible moment. Um, he, he basically tries to rape her. Uh, he does. Not, not in those words. Not not in those words yet. But he, you know, he's trying to pull her clothes off and whatever. And and then Doctor Apgar comes in. and He's like, I I knew it. You know. Um, and, and he immediately begins blaming his wife, if I recall. No, no, no. He blames his wife in Riker's retelling, but he blames Riker in Manua's retelling. Okay, that makes sense. Right. Yeah. Um. And and Riker just can't stand this. Riker cannot stand watching this. So he he starts freaking out. He starts chimping out at seeing uh, fake Riker try to rape this woman. And, and he gets up and he just like he goes and stands in the middle of the, the, the projection. Right. He interrupts the he show. He gets in the way. Yeah, he gets in the way of everything. Now, this is worth bringing up because there's a number of times where the projection, um, the holodeck required um, the actors to kind of freeze in place when they said, oh, pause the holodeck. Even though the the screen with all the numbers on it kept flickering anyway, even when it's yeah, supposed yeah. to be paused, which really took me out of the the immersion. But I think one time the director forgot to yell "cut" in one of those scenes, and the actors, including Frakes, were just left standing there for a few hours. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. I already write that shit. I feel like I wrote that. It's 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 whatever. Anyway. Um. Yeah. So. Uh, not an uncommon occurrence, really, though, uh, to be fair. Um, mm. And needless to say, uh, a lot Frakes of guests. No, no. But we take great pleasure in Frakes not being happy. Yeah. Luckily, he was he was practicing Zen at that time. So Serenity he, now. Yeah, he, he kind of took it as a challenge. He, he, he sort of just stood there meditating. What do you think goes through Frakes' mind during a meditation? And don't Probably s- rape. I was going to say don't say cake. <laughs> Sex and cake, probably. The two finest things in life. But That's not true. Not when combined. Oh, definitely not. Certainly. Oh, my God. That's some feeder, feedy stuff. Oh, I was, I was, I was thinking more like putting food on a woman's body. Oh, that now that's how Frakes always ate his sushi. <laughs> he de- he demanded that we, if we, because you know, I think it was maybe like once every couple of weeks we would order in sushi. There was a great Japanese place. I think we've talked about this. Yeah, there was a great Japanese place uh, fairly close by, and around it, it was either around this time or season four when the show was really at its peak really like gaining traction and, and these people are actual stars now. Um, Frakes demanded, um, and he got it. He demanded that one of the waitresses, whomever from that restaurant, uh, stay with us while we eat the sushi, obviously stripped naked and put the sushi on herself so he could eat it off of her. Right. I just wish he chose to put the wasabi in a better place. Ah, yeah, that was a, that was unfortunate. That only happened once or twice. So, and the second time it was probably intentional. Yeah, but those those that scarring stays with you, you know. Yeah. The poor yeah. girl. I I don't even want to know. Damn shame. 
so yeah, Star Trek. Right. Uh, <laughs> there, there's this, there's this line where, um, and I, I, I don't know. I can't pick this apart too much because it's obviously a dumb, like a, a fake testimony. But in in Manua's testimony, I, I found it funny that Doctor Nell Apgar, who is a like a hundred year old man, tells her, "I'll get you everything you ever dreamed of, like one day or something." It's like, dude, you're gonna die tomorrow. I mean, he's I, probably gonna die tomorrow. I found find that whole marriage suspect to begin with. Yeah, well, I, I guess I guess that that goes back to Pillar's point, where if if you had like a really hot girl, mm-hmm. then it, then I think that would hit hard or hit home a lot harder, right? Where there's clearly something off about this. Yeah, and she's a lot. She, regardless of the attractiveness, she's a lot younger, or she appears yeah. to be. So, just is that you don't know if that's really supposed to be a uh, something to consider or not. And I, I think that was supposed to be like a a red flag. Yeah. Where it's like, okay, you have this girl who's probably like a little flighty, and she obviously it's conce- conceivable guy that she like, would want be with Riker to get something she can't otherwise. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um. But yeah, so so we we. I'm belaboring this scene, but the, the the when Riker says, "I certainly didn't rape her," I just my jaw dropped. I was like, "What? Why not?" It's, 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 <laughs> <laughs> just a little. I don't know. A little explicit, but whatever. Uh, and then yeah, so then then we get uh, Tana's version, right? Hmm. The assistant. Yeah, which is I believe basically supposed to be the doctor's version of events. Mm-hmm. Um, the idea is that he went and told her what happened, and then she left the station. Yeah, which is yeah. Why, so so why in her version, um, the doctor gets the better of Riker in the in the altercation? <laughs> right, 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 right. That was a funny detail. It was. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, so so here. It's pretty obvious. You can you can see a little more objectivity. Mm. Obviously, Tana is going to be on Apgar's side. So you see some of like obviously she believes him when he says he punches Riker and, and knocks him to the ground, which is obviously impossible. <laughs> um, but an interesting thing is is this is the scene where when the confrontation starts he comes in and says i i realized how i noticed how you were both looking at each other right yes uh which implies that he reported to tana that they were both looking at each other um in in a certain kind of way which Uh, implying that this was entirely consensual and it did happen yes and because why would he lie about that it's it's easy to understand why the other two would lie as well right 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 uh I, I do wish so that, that was funny. I do wish that was a little less, um, I don't know, clear. In that, it's like okay, we see one side, we see the other side. Oh wait, the one in the middle is most likely to be true. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's a little basic, but whatever. Um, it's not a it's not a three hour long film. We got forty minutes. I think I think we would have come to that conclusion anyway. Oh yeah. You know, so. Um. Yeah, and, and so his his version of events is uh much like much like Craig's or or her version of events, much like Craig's is or maybe maybe Craig's did happen after this one. 
because this is where Riker shoots the generator. Is that what they call it? I think that's Craig's, not hers. Because there's no, yeah. there's no way that she would have had any yeah, information. Yeah, hers, her, hers would have to end. So I guess you were right. Craig's does come after hers. I'm a genius. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Riker shoots the generator, blows up the space station right before he teleports out. Uh, because we neglected to mention the whole reason this this holds water is because the the energy source that blew up the space station was detected as coming from Riker's position. Yes. And what I like about this is when after this ends in Craig's mind it's over. He says, "Oh, I established motive, opportunity, and um method, I believe." Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So it's not really about is Riker innocent or guilty. It's just do I is it reason enough to extradite him, which right is is a really logical take on that. Yeah, and it's it's a different argument, really. Right. It's not a trial. and it's one that you're not expecting. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So it's it calls for a little more creative approach, uh, which I guess is what we kind of get with the B plot, where the the. Enterprise is being bombarded by small pockets of radiation. I thought this every was so dumb. five hours. Uh, yeah, it's it's a little silly that uh, the way this wraps around into the the main plot, right? Yeah, it's it doesn't until it comes back to the main plot. It it feels very extraneous in a basic yeah is. tangential no. Um, yeah, so yeah, we, we, and there's very few actual scenes. It's like every now and then we'll get a scene of, oh no, there's radiation in deck four loft A. Everyone evacuate. That's what's and, great uh, about radiation is you can't see it. <laughs> uh, and, 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 but we do see that it burns holes into the side of the wall. Right. Oh, but only in convenient places. Right, right, right. Um, uh, and it turns out that uh, <laughs> turns out it's the holodeck's fault. Yeah, I don't like this explanation all that much. That the radiation yeah. inter interfacing with the faithfully recreated holodeck is the problem. Yeah. Based on my image of what the holodeck is, I that doesn't really make sense to me. Yeah, yeah. Um... I guess it comes down to like I guess I guess if the radiation is interacting with this in a visual sense, like if the, if the visuals are causing the radiation, which I guess I could maybe see. The idea is that there's like mirrors that it's reflecting yeah. off of, not literally yeah. a mirror, but I do think they went to great lengths to try to figure out how to get this to work. Yes. So I, I don't hate it. It narratively it works. It's just but it's a little it, it's a little convenient logically. That's a is where it tends to break down. But that's the thing. I don't even know if logically it's necessarily wrong. I mean, this... It it could be right. Like, I'm not diving could be right. into the science yeah. here, but it, it feels wrong. The initial reaction is like, wait a minute. Yeah. Really? Uh, it could be right, though. I, I, you know, I, I don't purport to know anything about... After all, the science consultant is the one who figured this out. Right. So, uh, you know, yeah... It, 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 don't uh, don't argue with like Neil deGrasse Tyson, you know. He's a genius. Bill he, Nye. 
he uh you know talks about something about the light bouncing off a mirror taking three billion years or something like that and it's like oh what is the thing he always tweets he tweets it all all the time I have no idea what you're talking about. It's something I don't like follow Neil deGrasse Tyson. I mean, I don't either, but he tweets this so often. I, I remember somebody posted a compilation. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, uh, all the things that. Uh, if I can look it up really quick, we'll, we'll do it. Um, what does Neil deGrasse Tyson tweet all the time? Neil deGrasse Tyson keeps tweeting something sad and weird. You can kiss yourself in the mirror, but only on the lips. <laughs> That's it. That's and, and, then, and then some. Sometimes he 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 prefaces it with just an FYI colon. Um, sometimes he phrases it as for narcissists only. Laws of reflection require that if you kiss yourself in a mirror, it will always be on the lips. Now, do you think he's senile or, or demented? I think he's up his own ass. Well, that's certainly true. I recently, uh, I don't know, I don't know what what came over me, but I I decided to watch uh, part of his his Rogan interview. Uh huh. And uh, anytime Joe says anything, he gets like two words out, and Neil just yells over him, and it's so funny because you just see Joe like getting ready to jump over the table and punch him in the face. I had a similar idea. I wanted to watch his show on Netflix. But I, I I turned it on and it was just a bunch of Canadian teenagers. Oh yeah, yeah, that's right. What was up with that? It's so Did strange. Did they put the wrong show on? I, I don't know. I, I didn't watch it until the end, so maybe he shows up later on, but Yeah, yeah. And maybe it's a biopic. Yeah. There was that black kid in a wheelchair. Is he is he uh crippled? Well, you know what, he probably learned how to walk again through the power of metaphysics. Ah, that makes sense. Yeah. Uh, maybe we should rewatch that. Maybe we'll have a, a Neil deGrasse Tyson watch night. With with new eyes. With new eyes and old mirrors. Mm-hmm. Dry lips. I, I use uh, moisturizer. I use lip balm before I kiss myself on the mirror. Mm. I use hand cream. On your on the lips, that's that's yeah. a crime. It, it tastes good. You ever eat lip cream as if it was whipped like, cream, like lip balm, like like the stuff you you get in like the little little jar. Yeah, you kind of dip your hand in there, pull out a chunk, and feast on. No, it. I haven't. Have, have you? No, I haven't. Me neither. Right. <laughs> <laughs> And I, I, I certainly don't take bites out of chapstick. That, that, that would be disgusting. No, no, I, I don't treat chapstick like my own personal pixie stick. Right, right, right. I don't look like a popsicle. Right. <laughs> um, or something else. Yeah. How does, what, what does this episode end? Okay, so... Wait, Wesley, wait, 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 wait. Wesley hold Crusher. On, hold on, hold on, hold on. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. I, I have to say something. Go on. In when when the radiation appears in Medical Bay, mm-hmm. that girl with the red shirt. Okay. Her pants were very tight. They were. I'm glad you noticed that. Yeah. I I thought that was very untrek like. 
the the dedication to the female form. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, if, uh, but if, yeah, anyway. If it's not a 40-year-old man in a onesie, it's not it's not Shrek. Right, right, right. Or, or a frumpy woman with no curves at all. Right. Or 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 very inappropriate curves. Yes. Where they shouldn't be. Dangerous curves ahead. Mm. So sorry to interrupt you. You wanted to talk about where where this ends up going. Yeah, I mean they do all the courtroom stuff and it's looking bad for Riker, and then Wesley Crusher saves the day. Um. Yeah, we all. I mean, he was supposed to really save the day. Yes. He, he was. He was. He was going to be the one. That... He's like, oh, Commander Captain. We know who killed General Apgar. Doctor. Right. Right. Dr. Right. Apgar. Right. Wesley was, and I mean, this is kind of a a running theme of this entire season and i think it was kind of just uh i mean i know it was it was the producers just trying to fuck with with will uh what what they would do is they would have these first drafts where they would write wesley in for a significant portion of the episode this would probably be like every other episode and then by the time it reached his final draft he would have like two or three lines right the wesleying we call it yeah the wesleying uh, this this one actually wasn't that this this episode he was supposed to uh have more of a role he was going to be the one who who attended the trial not not jory because jordy ends up attending the trial and explaining the the science of what happened to cause the explosion um in in the original draft it was wesley because he had done some some science project for school that had related to it uh which was something that we, you know that was a well we often went back to hmm um uh, the problem is the the producers realized that this was going to air in the middle of february right yeah so um wesley was off the table so we get jordy we get jordy coming in and explaining what we were just talking about apparently the radiation from the planet not only did it reflect uh via the holodeck and cause radiation holes to form in the walls it reflected off of Riker's something. His his warp signature. Beam. Is that what it was? I don't. What did they call? It? They beam them. His beam. Yeah, I guess. And uh, and it, it it reflected back and just blew up the the generator, and uh, that's that's why it exploded. And Apgar killed himself. Case closed. Mm-hmm. Now. Yeah. When they closed the case, uh, Krang Kang. Kang, Kang, Kag, Craig, 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 Krang is Krang the... is the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles villain. Craig just says, "Oh, okay." With this new evidence, I withdraw my extradition request. <laughs> and Riker just kind of looks at him like, "You piece of shit! You how dare you, motherfucker!" And it, yeah. he's just doing his job. It was very like Riker had clear suspicion on him. What are you gonna do? Craig is just like, "My apologies." Right. And Riker just looks like he's he was framed he glares all at along. Him. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm disappointed we didn't get to see more of the fallout here, like, where where everybody is suspicious about being around Riker, all the women. <laughs> That's what should have happened in this episode. He he gets accused of it, and then he's walking around, and everyone's like, "Oh, did he do it?" Um. No, I. I I'm curious about exploring Manua here. Because I mean, it's you. You can you can obviously imagine why she would try to frame Riker for doing this. Hmm. But, uh, I wanted to see her get slapped or something, you know. 
Yeah, I know you wanted to see that. That's all you want to see. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's that's a pretty common theme with what I want to see out of a Shrek episode. Um, but yeah, I guess that's it. It just ends. Like, that's it. Yeah, I mean, okay, we won't extradite you. Case closed. And, uh, cut to credits. I think there's yeah. a scene with them on the bridge, but I don't really remember what happens in it. I don't think there is. Oh, yeah, there is. Yeah, Riker says, uh, uh, engage. And they go somewhere. Right. He's like, oh, um, let's put this behind us. Get us out of here, number one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He, like, smirks. And he's like, okay. Um, just another adventure for the crew of the Enterprise. Uh, <laughs> Riker getting almost canceled. Well, let's, uh, let's just ignore that. Uh, little known fact. Uh, before we before we wrap up and give our final impressions, um, there's a TNG novel that that uh, surprisingly people don't really know about, and I don't I don't even think it's on memory beta, which is weird. Um, but it's based on this what if scenario where Riker actually does get extradited, and it's called Riker's Island. Uh, TNG Riker's Island. Hmm. Uh, it's worth a read if you can find it. Um, apparently it's not easy to find it was one of the earlier releases of novels if i recall yeah yeah i wish yeah that might have something to do with it maybe the publisher went out of business or something yeah i don't remember who it was yeah. i don't have it on me right now i think it was not random house not random <laughs> predictable house predictable house yes <laughs> uh all right so how, how are you feeling about this episode now I still really like it. Um, my my major complaints just stem from the time with the not quite the B plot, but the radiation stuff. But those are really just small, isolated scenes, and overall, I still think it's pretty um, captivating television. If not mm-hmm. not as great as some of the other season three episodes, but still pretty good. Yeah, I think the radiation stuff was clumsy for sure, but uh, I definitely don't hate it as much as a lot of the crew seem to. Which is bizarre to me because you, you you had people calling it the worst episode of season three. You had, I think you had people calling it the worst episode of Star Trek in general, and it's like that's not even remotely true. That's ridiculous. I so, can't. I yeah, can't imagine it's, that. That's psychotic. So, uh, no, it's a good episode. It's fun to watch, and that's what's important. How many saucer septs would you give it? Uh, four probably. Wow, I was gonna say three point five, but. Yeah, I mean, I'd probably, I'd probably, uh, you know, hover around three point five to four. It depends on the day. Three point seven five. Yeah, three point seven five. Yeah, that works. All right, I'm into it. You got any trivia for me? Yeah, so I thought I would do like a kind of themed thing where I'd ask you some trivia and then we'd like read down a list of of uh, further examples. Okay. Okay. Um. I'm on the the as as usual memory alpha um, web page article for rape. Love it. And um, okay, so you know you know I know you haven't really watched much of the original series, but you know the characters. You have Kirk, Spock, Lakora, McCoy. Yeah, you have Uhura. Um, you have uh, Chekhov. Okay, and his and his famous and, gun. <laughs> yeah uh and sulu oh and scotty right yeah there's an episode 
where one of the crew attempts to rape a Klingon science officer. Okay. And my question for you is, who was it? What was the name of the woman again? Aurora? Uhura. 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 You got, I'll, I'll run through them again. Kurt, no. Spock, McCoy. Uhura. Uhura. Uh, what? How do you say Uhura? Uhura. U-H-U-R-A. Uhura. Uhura. All right, I'm going to say Uhura. Uhura. No, come on. Oh, come on. I Women mean, can't rape. Well, in my mind, that's why it would be there because it would be, it wouldn't be. It seen was a that different way. time. Okay, let me let me take a real shot then. Um, Klingon science officer. Well, I know Scotty's an engineer, so he might be working with one. Um, which one is Bones? That's the doctor. Or is that McCoy? That's McCoy. Okay. No, he's a doctor, so he wouldn't be working with the science officer. Um. What is Spock's job? Counselor? Vulcan. <laughs> Blue guy? Um, now, nah, he's too he's too sexless for that. Yeah, yeah, he, he, I don't think he'd do it. I'll say Scotty. <laughs> wow, racist. <laughs> Holy <laughs> hell. Uh, no, it was Chekhov, actually. Ah, and what was his job? He was an ensign. Ensign Pavel Chekhov attempted to rape Klingon science officer Mara while under the influence of a non-corporeal life form that fed on hatred. Uh, under the influence, I see. Uh, but there's there's some really funny things here. Uh, a simulacrum of Don Juan assaulted and attempted to rape Yeoman Tonya Barrows on the amusement park planet. What series um, is this? Uh, the original series. An evil transporter duplicate of Captain Kirk attempted to rape Janice Rand in 2266. What series is this? The original series. Ah. Uh. Lieutenant Ash Tyler remembered being raped by Laurel while he was her prisoner in 2256. Interesting. That's, uh, that's Discovery. Oh. Um... In 2268, Lars attempted to rape Uhura. Oh, Lars. Uh, rape gangs were a threat on Turkana 4. We know that one. Yeah, that's 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 Yar. Rape was rife during the, during the Cardassian occupation of Bajor? Yeah, Bajor. Uh, especially in the Galatev labor camp, where Bajoran women were rape, raped in front of their children. Been getting a lot of that in my DS9 watch. I'm sure. Um, sometime before 2371... A woman whom Kenneth Dalby fell in love with on the Bajoran frontier was raped and killed by three Cardassians. Sounds about right. As part of their psychological conditioning program in 2374, the Vori accused the Kraden of rape. But that's just an accusation. It's just an, it's just an accusation. Apocrypha. There's an apocrypha section on the rape article. <laughs> um... This is where we get the real yeah. weird stuff, like Troy's mother. <laughs> uh, yeah, just 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 a little taste of of how much rape occurs in Star Trek. The answer, of course, oh, yeah. being quite a lot. Yeah, a, a surprising amount. It's a good plot device. I think that's what everyone's always said. Um, to to use rape as a plot device. Yes, yes, uh, and that's all it's good for. Yes. Well. With trivia, a very family-friendly trivia out of the way, that's uh, going to be it for this episode. Um, I want to give a quick shout-out to our sponsors, Denny's, home of the Moons Over Miami and the Tauntaun Men. 
Um, and also, Pep Boys, home of the three-minute oil change. Be sure to say the term readier at either of these establishments for 15% off of whatever it is you're purchasing. That'll be it for today's episode of The Readier Room. Join us next time where we're readiest. Next week will be The Readiest Room, and then it's all downhill from there. Um, be safe. Stay ready. Wait, that's not it. Let me try this again. Be safe, and until then, everybody, please stay ready. The Troublesome Little Man Child. I stand before you defrocked. Condemned to be a member of this lowest of species. Thank you, Ensign. Engage. inside the bottle bottle